Hey everyone, and welcome to a very special episode of the Keanu Sewers, where we are giving you our first reactions to the Matrix Resurrections, which dropped all across the, uh, well, across some parts of the planet, but definitely the United States and on HBO Max yesterday. Uh, it has been 24 ish, 20, 36 ish hours since it came out, and I have personally uh watched it three times um, <laughs> amazing i am of course your uh one of your hosts uh g brett williams over there is my other host jasmine lee jasmine say hello to everyone hello and then yeah and, and we're here we're finally here when we oh started this podcast mm-hmm. almost a, i guess it's been a it's been right like kind of a rounded a year it was like yeah. holiday season last year mm-hmm. and uh you know i think we were both very much looking forward to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fixed point in time that I, <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but has, has uh, personally has, has kept me going <laughs> um, yes. through a lot of dark times this year was the idea that um, Lana Wachowski's singular vision for a Matrix sequel was on the horizon. And here <laughs> we are. We have finally reached our destination. And, and, uh, and yeah, I might like it a little bit. Um, <laughs> Having Just watched a, a two and a half hour film three times in 24 hours. <laughs> so that is, uh, let's see, that's um, that's uh, three times two, that's six, and then another three, that's, uh, yeah, so what is that, like seven, seven and a half of 24 hours I've watched? So basically yeah. an entire sleep cycle. Yes. Uh-huh. I have spent watching The Matrix instead. A work day. You spent a work day watching. I did. I did not. I, I've. I am through for the year, so my my standard work days uh, could be filled with matrixing instead. Um, <laughs> so um, initial reactions. I'm going to kick to you in a second, but I just want to start off by saying, I was on to something with this podcast. Uh huh. Because this movie is sort of just our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh does it matrix yes apparently everything does yeah like um, that opening scene that's our podcast i like, mean like <laughs> it's literally our podcast we're like yeah. they're throughout the throughout the obviously so the 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 premise spoiler alert um if you justine if you've gotten this far and you haven't <laughs> seen it yet uh no i mean listeners if you've gotten this far you haven't seen the matrix resurrections big big spoiler alert obviously um but yeah i think like it it starts off as you find out that Thomas Anderson, uh, Neo's uh, dead name, is uh, is a games programmer, and in this mm-hmm. universe of the Matrix Resurrections, he has he was apparently the very famous game designer uh, who created the trilogy of Matrix video games that really yeah. revolutionized gaming and revolutionized AI. And obviously, this will become very apparent that this is just another version of the matrix that the machines have sort of built to keep him in check and keep him in control. Mm-hmm. And there are various different ways that they are accomplishing that task. Um, Trinity becomes very important to that as well. And we meet her very early in the film too, in sort of a different muted way. She's a mom. Uh, she runs a motorcycle shop. So she is, oh, so hot. she is in some ways she is Trinity in some ways, she is this other person, Tiffany, um, which very much becomes kind of a a dead name uh, mm-hmm. in the course of over the course of the film. Which I thought the reveal of her finally waking up and rejoining Neo was really cool because she, when she tells Chad, "I hate it when you fucking call me that." It's like yes. that's like 
there's so many moments in this film where like, I, I think I put in our Twitter that like, I expected Lana to just sort of walk into the camera frame and <laughs> wink yeah. at the audience because it's so meta. It is it the is. most meta thing ever. But all of this to say quickly and roughly that like, essentially the matrix is a thing. The matrix as a piece of media mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a thing that exists within the framework of this new matrix, which is itself a movie Mm -hmm. by the original creator of the matrix franchise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Very, very meta. And obviously for, uh, for reasons, for obvious reasons is, is our podcast. I mean, the it's, you know, years ago, I sat down on a plane, I watched John Wick 2, I said, this feels like another version of The Matrix. Wouldn't that be a fun conversation? And the new fucking Matrix movie, Jasmine, is just (laughs) that. that. It's a very loud conversation about how it's all just The Matrix. Uh Like, you were full on being an oracle at that moment, where you're just like, I know what's going to happen, we're going to get in front of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I, it's, I guess I was on the, the cresting the wave of the zeitgeist there to a, to a certain extent. So, so yeah, so uh, Neo is, is locked in this Trinity is Jonathan Groff is there. You find out very early on uh, that he is a, a rewritten program version of agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Morpheus is there, but he's also sort of agent Smith. Um, mm-hmm. There are new characters. They're all extremely queer coded. I love them deeply. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, they, um, and, and, uh, shenanigans ensue and there's, you know, as is always the case with the matrix, there's a lot of philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of beautiful outfits on beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of action and the action sequences are largely contrived as delivery methods for plot and, <laughs> and philosophy. Um, mm-hmm. and ultimately the story is, um, it's it's it is equal parts a filmmaker grappling with the complex legacy of the film of the franchise that she had a hand in creating mm-hmm. while also i think i think pretty directly now as opposed to indirectly or subtly stating for the record neckbeards mras <laughs> fascists white supremacists if you like my movie fuck off it's not for you mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to the extent that like the final moment where Trinity finally wakes up, there is a, what appears to be a, I mean, it looks like a protest where yes. radically queer coded leftist people are fighting a crowd full of cops mm-hmm. as in Trinity and mm-hmm. yeah, in riot gear as Trinity and Neo Sistine Chapel towards each other. And then this concept of bots, which has been laid throughout the film, which is essentially that like anyone can be dangerous, which I think if you're Jasmine, I, I, I mean, I think that this is something we can all relate to. If you're a queer person, anyone can be dangerous. Like mm-hmm. if you're a queer person, especially if you don't have, I have a lot of passing privilege. I'm a cis white male. I can walk down the street and not be coded as queer, mm-hmm. but it's, it is, it is, it does feel like danger can come from anywhere. And, and especially now, if the matrix represents the internet, it it really does feel like the increased anonymity of the internet creates even more danger and even mm-hmm. more toxicity towards queer people, marginalized people. So it's everything I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of was 
exactly what I was expecting, but then also subversive in all the ways that Wachowski films tend to be. It's big, it's sloppy, it is, yeah. uh, it, it has third act bloat, like all films of this style do. I don't know what the hell. I don't really understand any of the like robot bird, Sati, freeing Trinity mechanics I, whatsoever. I but was so confused, but yeah. <laughs> I, I was very confused. At what, I think it's hilarious when Sati is introduced. She says, the, um, uh, Niobe says to her something to the extent of, uh, if anyone can make sense of this mess, it's you. And I find it hilarious because Sati immediately makes the film 100% more messy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, uh -huh. So anyway, so that's my, my big initial reaction to it is yeah. um, it is a queer leftist fable about love and it is beautiful and I will accept no criticism and it may be my favorite movie ever. <laughs> uh, so Jasmine, I just talked a lot about why I love it. How did you feel when you watched it? You watched it last night, late. Um, how were you feeling? How were, what were your initial reactions, questions, thoughts, comments, yeah. and uh, everything else? Yeah. Well, I mean, first, before I go into it, I do have to say that the tweets about this movie have been amazing Fire. and specifically <laughs> there's this twitter user um it's at sophie underscore from underscore mars and i just oh, yes. like basically everything and there are two tweets that i just like love from her about this and one is basically she says what you said she said the action scenes are like excuses for characters to just be philosophical it's like super contrived there's no real logic but she's she says it's flawless and amazing and then she has an amazing tweet i'll find it later but it's essentially being like this is about communist lesbians who yeah like, well it's like it's capitalism so that is, is it's essentially like that's it's referencing back to and 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 sophie is a uh, video essayist a um um a media commentator um critic uh all around raconteur uh mm -hmm. they use she and they pronouns for everyone out there listening um they go by the name sophie from mars on twitter on mm -hmm. youtube on twitch on patreon highly suggest that you follow them when we get into our matrix sequels uh episodes of this podcast their influence will come up a lot um she, along with a friend, released an incredible, almost two hour long video called The Matrix Sequels Are Good, actually. Oh, and amazing. I have never felt more kinship. And yes. what she's referencing in that tweet, um, Jasmine, is the, the notion that they come up with that, like, Neo is actually, um, when you think about The Matrix through the lens of like a trans woman who is attracted mm -hmm. to women, mm -hmm. um, making a movie that is all about that, but could not because of Hollywood in 1999 be explicitly about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what you actually get when you think of Neo as another woman, mm. you sort of think of Neo as non, if you, if you, if you sort of look at Neo as non-binary mm -hmm. and you, um, there's a lot to read into Trinity and Neo's dynamic that feels closer to sort of like a lesbian dynamic mm -hmm. um of, of a female female relationship like mm -hmm. it's it's not coded in the way that like action hero and heroine dynamics on screen are coded mm -hmm. and that's very deliberate and even the way that like they're costumed they are costumed the same way mm -hmm. we have joked that they look essentially the same yes. in the matrix like it mm -hmm. that's all on purpose and and what they are basically 
coming to the idea of is and is that it's so when they talk about that in the tweet, it's that it's referencing back to that idea that it's actually um, a lesbian love story, mm-hmm, a trans lesbian mm-hmm. love story. <laughs> and and yeah, the tweet itself is the first matrix is a trans lesbian love story. The next two matrix sequels <laughs> are about communist revolution. The matrix mm-hmm. resurrections is a trans lesbian love story about communist revolution. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. Full circle. Yes. This is the greatest movie ever. I do think it is. Sorry, keep going. You are Mm -hmm. right. I reposted that on the Twitter account. Um, Still leaning on Sophie. I really want Sophie to come on the show. So hopefully we can achieve that at some point. But yeah, keep going. Mm -hmm. Other reactions. How are you (laughs) feeling? I'm very personally, I'm very interested. What I've been waiting for for 24 patient hours is you (laughs) to talk at length about Jonathan Groff in this film. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's just a couple things um, that I'll uh, mention before I go into Jonathan Groff, Neil Patrick Harris, but also just the look of the Matrix as opposed to real life. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm really interested, that uh, intrigued that you said that this movie was everything that you're hoping for it to be and more, because for me, it was nothing like I expected and much better than what I was expecting. Oh, cool. Um, what were you expecting? Was, I, th- I don't know, but like it was, I mean, obviously I didn't realize that it would be another version of the matrix where he's a video game designer. That was completely out of left field. The way they brought back specific scenes and characters, especially the Merovingian was really <laughs> unexpected. I also how they brought the agent Smith slash Morpheus dynamic is so fascinating. Love and it. I kind of, wish that Jonathan Groff was playing a different character, not this iteration of Smith. But anyway. Um, yeah. and- it is a little sloppy and it, it is that that yeah. dynamic is a little weird because uh-huh. audience like Morpheus is Morpheus, but he's also Agent Smith and Neo coded him in like a, uh, to create this kind of um, like binary opposition, essentially like basically the two people who, who were so drawn to him the most mm-hmm. in the matrix were the two people he coded into this new version of Morpheus because they were the people that would try the hardest to find him and free him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And, and essentially he locks him inside this little prison until he figures that out. That's Mm -hmm. the quickest way to describe it. But yeah, yeah, it was interesting. It was like, they kind of, that was one thing they didn't pull that thread very far where it was like, he's Morpheus, but he's also agent Smith, but Jonathan Groff is agent Smith. Yeah. And then the Morpheus also being agent Smith kind of just goes away. I know. And like, honestly, ideally what my um, setup would be, would be that he would remain Morpheus and agent Smith. And then Jonathan Groff would be the Merovingian. And then the um, Neil Patrick Harris would remain the analyst slash architect, because I feel like the Merovingian coming up as like this hobo, um, lunatic who stays around an abandoned warehouse like raging against um Keanu like that's one way to play it but like imagine stepping into a role that you're essentially his boss and making sure that you have complete control over everything he's doing to make up for the fact that Persephone like betrayed him for Neo like I feel like that'd be amazing yeah that would have been an interesting take I think I I think also, like I, I will, I will admit, like it, like Morpheus, the Morpheus Agent Smith thing, like it doesn't have to be. <laughs> it could just be I re I remade Morpheus in an mm-hmm. attempt to because Morpheus cared the most about me. Like yeah. you don't even need to like 
add the Agent Smith thing to yeah. it. Well, no, I love like, that part actually because it's just like you have someone who's devoted completely to Neo, and then yeah. you have Smith who like was an enemy, but then came around to seeing and believing in Neo's shall we say like mission or oneness whatever yeah oneness <laughs> and yeah. so it's just like it would make so much sense that those two people are one person and it's like a constant battle going from like suit to morpheus suit to morpheus ultimately well, and, still supporting neo and i think i'll actually i think you will probably get that wish fulfilled because mm. i think that it's likely that this is not the last one of these and I think it's also likely that this is the last one Keanu Reeves or Carrie Ann Moss will do. Oh. Uh, I think there will be another one of these. Mm-hmm. And I think that Yahya Abdul-Mateen will be the person who anchors it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it will be Jonathan Groff and Yahya and, and, and Yahya will be the two people. And there will be some exploration of how they are both Agent Smith if mm-hmm. they do more with this, which I think... I, I, they're gonna do more with this. Um, you know, I mean, I mean it, it's so nicely set up for that. It's so rich. Yeah. It, I mean, uh-huh. like there's so many moments throughout where, like, I, I've heard a few people describe <laughs> it as being like overly long, and I was like, God, no! I wanted five more hours of this. <laughs> I wanted every time there was like a jump or a, a slight explanation of a larger thing. Uh-huh. I wanted to know everything about it. Yes. Like when Niobe is like the machine started fighting each other and we had to abandon Zion. And I was like, I want a three season long prestige television mm-hmm. series about that. Yeah. Like I want to know. I mean, I, I, you know that I deeply love the matrix, the, uh-huh, uh-huh. the, the tapestry of the, all the matrix films. Yeah. And so like the idea that like when hand, if handled with care, mm-hmm. I, I would like them to be handled with care, but if handled with care, that there could be this, this vast universe opening up where we actually get the way that we have with star Wars, mm-hmm. which is another thing that I love deeply and sort of unequivocally mm-hmm. Yeah. Like knowing as much about the sort of intricacies of the matrix that mm-hmm. I know about star Wars would make me as a fan get giddy. Like I'd be yes. so happy. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, so much to like dig in and like really fall in love with. Yeah. And like the fact that now IO, they make food and yeah. they're friends with sentience who like have de facto, like not de facto have defected, like, that is a story like I would love to see explored. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I I loved that. I actually really love that part. I think that the if the film drags at any point, it is the IO stuff just because like they go, then they escape, then they have to come back immediately. Mm-hmm, and it's like mm-hmm. it's it's structured and then the Satie stuff. So it's it's structured weirdly, I'll I'll admit. Like I but like so was the Zion stuff and the original yeah. stuff. I mean, like I think Sophie described it as like there are large contrived sequences outside yes. the matrix. Like <laughs> Yeah. Yes, there always uh-huh. are. Um, yeah. But like, yeah. one thing I did love about that was like, I always, as like an anti-fascist, like sort mm-hmm. of radical anti-capitalist, like mm-hmm. I always watched the original Matrix films and was like, yes, fundamentally the side of, and, and like, even you even mentioned this, like Neo isn't necessarily like, when when I you said like Neo is not, on the side of humanity mm-hmm. and really i think what you meant is like neo is not neo is not on a on the side of a cause neo yes. is neo is neo is there for love neo mm-hmm. neo is driven by love and the wachowskis have said 
in interviews, about other pieces of work, about this piece of work, like all stories are about love and like mm-hmm. the absence of love, the longing for love, the acquiring of love, like it's mm-hmm. all about love. And like, mm-hmm. ultimately that's what this new matrix is about yes, too. It's, it 100%. is about standing up to fascism and it is mm-hmm. about anti-capitalism and it is about trans allegory and it is about mm-hmm. chosen family. It's all, it's about all those things. But at the end of the day, it's about love, love and mm-hmm. love and acceptance are the things that will actually save you. And yeah. I mean, without Trinity, Neo is lost. Like he does not know what to do. He does not know how to act. And it's when someone threatens Trinity or he has to protect Trinity. And I loved your tweet, by the way, where it's like Neo, his power is protection. Like that's when he's powerful again. Like he can't fly until Trinity does. Well, he doesn't. I, I, I still, I don't, I don't think he ever flies again. I think Trinity is flying him everywhere. Superman and Lois style after that. Oh, the last <clears> scene, didn't they leap off not holding hands? Were they Oh, hands? well, no, they're holding hands. Uh-huh. They're holding hands as they fly up into the sky. So I oh. truly believe she's just dragging him around. Oh my God, like I love dog. that. <laughs> If Trinity is Superman, oh my God, that's incredible. Pretty sure Trinity is the top. <laughs> yes. This has I'm, always I'm been 100%. the top. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> so to go back real quick to the IO thing, though, what I was going to say is like I, one thing I really loved about the establishment of that and the mm-hmm. and Niobe being like Zion could never have done this because Zion was stuck in a matrix of its own making and mm. that matrix was war. Like mm-hmm. I, like that's just another way of subverting the binary by saying binary existence is a lie like Mm -hmm. it's like you like it's like and and at the at some points in the film it means you're either anti-fascist or you're part of the problem Mm -hmm. like at other points in the film it quite literally means you can't just be at war all the time with the other Mm -hmm. you have to accept that the system that is you know persistent in your in its control of you as a as as a person Mm because the sentients are they are they have they have sentience they are i'm trying i'm trying to say sentience which is the name (laughs) of the race of machines Uh (laughs) while also saying sentience which is they are sentient machines yes (laughs) so they are presented the same as people they have Mm -hmm. agency they have souls if you will they have the spark whatever so it's like the the point of the matrix has always been it's chosen family it's coming together around love that will save you mm. that's how you stand up to fascism yeah. and you don't stand up to fascism by becoming supremacists yourself yeah. and one thing that always was a little bit tough for me mm-hmm. and i and i think it's supposed to be I, I think this is explicit i think the wachowskis are such explicit intentional filmmakers that like i don't think that there are really a lot of mistakes in their films mm-hmm. um as far as the narrative is concerned. So <clears throat> when you look at like those original Matrix films and it's like, oh, they freed Zion, they won the war with machines. Actually, what Neo makes a bargain yeah. to work together with the machines to create something new. And we find out in this film that that worked for a long time. Mm-hmm. And the sentients and like the people living in IO, the machines that live in IO, like that's all because of the groundwork that Neo laid. Mm-hmm. And and I thought that was great that they went back to that because like at the end of the Matrix films, I was always a little bit like, I was always, I always felt a little bit bad, especially by like Commander Locke and like those sort of characters where I was like, this is just human supremacy. Mm-hmm. Like they are, yes, the machines and specifically um, specifically Smith and how he breaks away from his programming and he assimilates the entire Matrix. That is fascism. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. is... D and like Neo 
defeats that by like saying, I am bigger than you. I am bigger than this. Love uh-huh. is bigger than all of this. It will yeah. save me. And he assimilates Neo and it essentially destroys him because fascists can't feel like love is the antithesis of fascism. And so he assimilates Neo and he dies. Um, So it's like, so I think what was cool was that like, they actually addressed that like, oh, well like, yeah, winning the, like when the machines are trying to annihilate us, there is a justification in war or there is a justification in survival. Yeah. But like warmongering and survival are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that Niobe very specifically drew that line and built something new and different and better, I thought was really cool. And I did not expect that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a really cool direction to take this in. And to your point, mm-hmm. I was like, I would love to see more about this. Yeah. Like yeah. a lot more about it. So I hope that they go back to that. Um you mentioned, um, oh, just the, <laughs> one thing I have to get out while I'm yeah. thinking about binary. When we first see Neo uh, as the game designer, oh yeah, <laughs> he's working on a game and it's clear that he's been working on a game for a long time mm-hmm. called Binary. Yeah. And it is clear that that game will never be completed because audience, the binary isn't real. So he can't <laughs> complete a game called Binary because yeah. the binary, the gender binary is not real. <laughs> and I love that they are just like, there is like nothing subtle about this. There's a no. there's a moment where Bugs, who's played incredibly by Jessica mm-hmm. Henwick, mm-hmm. there's a moment where she's talking to Neo on their ship, the, the Nemesine, and she says to Neo, like, something I'll I'll butcher the quote but it's essentially like you know he's like I feel like nothing's changed I feel like I didn't accomplish anything at all and she goes on to be like like which is the way a lot of activists feel it's like I'm constantly Mm -hmm. doing all this good for people I'm trying I'm fighting for it feels like you're fighting for an inch you know Mm -hmm, and they're still mm -hmm. taking miles and miles and miles from you and like that's a very common thing amongst activists and just like burnout amongst activists. It was cool mm-hmm. to see that represented, but then her response is like, no, you did all of this without what you did. None of this would have been possible. And then also she goes on to be like, what you meant to people like me, mm. your story, what your deeds, your story meant to people like me and how they just turned that into a video game. Mm. how they just trivialize that like yeah. that's very clearly lana saying this is my beautiful weird science fiction franchise yeah. about what it means to be trans and queer and in love and fighting through the aids crisis and all of the other things that she, like all of those things that she was experiencing and her sibling was were you know that they were both experiencing mm-hmm. that's what this film was about And then to have everyone boil it down to its aesthetics, to bullet time, to guns, to Mm -hmm. leather outfits, to, you know, flying (laughs) cool aesthetics and all of that stuff. That's what we talked about with Emmett. It's like, Mm -hmm. and I love that there's a line in there where like this sort of non-binary, clearly queer coded, like character. I mean, Mm -hmm. she uses she, her pronouns, but like that doesn't exclude you from being Mm non-binary and like, Mm the fact that they put that scene in there where she's literally talking to Neo and being like, what you did for people like me. 
mm-hmm. is like mm-hmm. Lana directly saying, if you're a queer person and you saw yourself in this, congratulations, you're right. You were yeah. supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. anyone has trivialized that, they're wrong. You're right. And yep. I was like, oh, this is amazing. So, and there's so much stuff like that. So I, mm-hmm. I again, Jasmine, going back to you, <laughs> what did you think about Jennifer Harwick, Yaya, like Jonathan Groff? These are the three newest people to this franchise. I think they all nailed this. Yeah, yeah. Like, tonally, I thought they were great, but how did, how did you feel about the performances? I loved everyone except for like, there were two characters that I was just like, why are you here? And it's Sati and it's um, Jude. I hate, I hated Jude. The minute oh, that Jude, he was Jude's like, a, Tiffany's Jude a male. gets old like, real Bleh. quick. Like, yeah. I mean, like no. Jude is supposed <clears throat> to make, I mean, Jude is the embodiment of all of the dudes who got the Matrix wrong. Yes, yeah. But yeah, yeah, he yeah. does like, he he does, he does wear on you very quickly. But also so like, quickly. again, I'm like, is that intentional? Because- <laughs> That's how those dudes make you feel. Right, right, yeah. There's <laughs> so, no in between. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Sati, like, I was glad for the callback to the original Matrix, but, like, it, even even that, like, I, there's a part of that I love. I was talking with a friend about it today. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who sets up, like, basically the Death Star. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, my dad built the Death Star. Oh, my God, she is. She's, like, she's essentially, like, the character from Jen one. Yeah. she's Jen Erso. <laughs> and like and I again I think that's on purpose mm-hmm. because the Wachowskis grew up with Star Wars they set out to kind of make this nerd pastiche that was like everything that they loved in one yeah. film that's actually about their experience as trans women uh-huh. and and then in the process of that they sort of made an all-new Star Wars mm-hmm. and then all of these action films Fast and the Furious Star Wars Mission mm-hmm. Impossible mm-hmm. all of these other things borrow deeply from the aesthetics and the mechanisms and the methods that they created mm-hmm. and now they're making a new movie and, and it's like well this feels exactly like Star Wars there's even like a vent involved yeah. <laughs> and there's like a there's kind of a heist all the star wars films it's like there's a little bit of a heist going on and yeah. there's like there's a battle going on over here while you're also trying uh-huh. to like put the thing in the vent over here right. like yeah, i was like yeah, yeah. this is intentional like they're very <laughs> clearly referencing star wars like mm-hmm. it's and that's like so that's i think an essential read of the of the matrix resurrection specifically that i haven't mm-hmm. seen in the takes on it so far but i think mm-hmm. it's there i think it's important to re- remember yeah. this and i think this is this nets out in a lot of the casting they cast a lot of queer people mm-hmm. jonathan groff obviously has broadway chops they they you know they reused actors from sense eight which is their television series mm-hmm. i keep saying they i should say she because lana did this by herself mm-hmm. um this is camp oh my god yes it's totally camp there's also another tweet where there's like jonathan groth's character is so gay why didn't he and neil kiss at (laughs) any point and i'm like yeah 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 like when it was raining down well like security whatever fire drill raining down and it's yeah two of them at it i was just like oh my god oh my god oh my god there are so that was a, I, I love that moment because the first thought I, I was like, we're like 30 minutes in and he's already wet. So oh it's my like God, the, I was exactly <laughs> thinking about how Emmett talks about. <laughs> he's hotter like, when he's wet. Yes, yeah, with long hair. So they were all listening to us, like, obviously. <laughs> obviously, obviously. I love too how there are those little moments that like, so I want to hear this because you're the, this is the thing I want to hear most from you about, uh-huh, which uh-huh. is, 
he I think that they costumed him in Keanu Reeves actual clothing. Uh-huh. uh-huh. He is dressed throughout the film even when they go into the even when he starts when he gets freed and starts projecting back into the matrix he's not wearing pvc he's not looking overly cool he's Mm -hmm. dressed like keanu reeves Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. again i think that's on purpose like (laughs) i think that you are supposed to read him as neo and then Uh also a famous actor that is playing neo and there is like he's supposed to read to you a little bit like keanu and there's even these moments where like they joke about like, we're not sure how you haven't aged more. <laughs> like they make a joke about how good he looks and how good yeah. his skin looks twice in the movie. There's, uh-huh. there are shots that like, and there's costuming and shots where it's like, okay, he looks a lot like John Wick here. Yes. Like there are things here that feel John Wicky. Like they're mm-hmm. actually referencing that. The place, the the dojo where Morpheus takes him to get his mojo back and teach him Kung Fu again mm-hmm. looks kind of like the lake house. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and when they were uh, brainstorming like the new uh, video game, that was like sweet November. It's him as an added deck, which yeah, I thought was like, like, hysterical. I think some of that is just an accident, mm-hmm. but because the Wachowski, like because Lana is such an intentional filmmaker, uh-huh. I don't think it could possibly all be an accident. I think there are moments where like, even if it's just for laughs, they're mm-hmm. definitely referencing the fact that like Neo is a person in a film being played mm-hmm. by a famous person in our <laughs> real world. And just the blurring of those lines and the costuming choices I think are meant explicitly to blur that line. Yeah. Um, I thought I... I just like, I was curious just if you were, how much just sort of like random Keanu reference you were noticing because I feel <laughs> yeah. like there was so much. <laughs> yeah, so I'll talk about um, like Neo slash Keanu and then I'll talk about uh, Yaya and then I'll talk about um, Jessica Henwick because there were like three characters that I was definitely just paying so much attention to in terms yeah. of like aesthetic and everything. Yeah. Um, so um, I'll start with Yaya, but Yaya, I mean, First of all, it's really interesting that when he's in IO or just anywhere after the Matrix, he is that magnetic figure, like because he's not actually there. And then he's so the only way to describe him in the Matrix is he's well, the white space in between the Matrix and the real world is he's so like fly. Like he has amazing suits. It's the complete opposite of Lawrence Fishburne, like uh, even the glasses, the like kind of, I mean, I understand that the original Morpheus, he had like humor about him, but it was more like dry and like after years and years of like living in a shithole and like being in a war constantly struck place yeah. as opposed to this Morpheus where he like, he's so funny. He's very sassy. He's very all about like, I believe so much in Neo that you being like, oh no, this is not happening is tiresome. Let's get over it. I'm going to just like trigger you so that you can be the person you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, so about Yaya. <laughs> mm-hmm. And this, you'll love this too. Um, I, so, okay. So there are obviously a lot of things that are memed about the matrix mm-hmm. and the movie does in some places lean into that. They actually, at some points, 
like it's constantly flashing back. He's constantly kind of having memory flashbacks to other things that happened. Mm -hmm. At some points they're viewing footage from the game and they're literally watching the movie on screen as characters. It's amazing. It's really, Uh it's, I, I love it. I think it's so unique. And it's, and I think that it's so amazing to live in a world where like a a film was so indelible that you are now able to, as a filmmaker, go back and literally reference it in another film about it. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. crazy. It's so cool. The, but the moment that we meet, like, and and throughout the film, they, they kind of hearken back to things that have become memes or have become mimetic language about the matrix. And one of the big ones is Morpheus saying at last, the at Mm -hmm. last gif is like, a pretty popular gif. Yeah. Lawrence yeah, Fishburne yeah. turns, he sees Neo and he says, at last. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the way they do it in this movie is Yaya walks out of a <laughs> bathroom stall in the coolest fucking suit you've ever oh seen God. in your life. Amazing. Head to toe gold, <laughs> glowing. And he yes. says, and he says at last. And then he just cracks up. Because he's like, <laughs> I'm not sure. I wasn't sure if that would read or not. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. They mm-hmm. are literally laughing. She's laughing at herself as a film. I mean, it's it's so camp. It's so uh-huh. so camp. So camp. And like yeah. and also, he steps out. He steps out of that bathroom. He's wearing all gold, and he steps onto the bathroom. Is even the floor of the bathroom is gold? <laughs> and you know how we talked about how it's not not the Wizard of Oz. Yes. Yeah. The first moment where he tries to tell Neo, where he tries to free Neo, he's standing on a yellow. <laughs> basically standing on the yellow brick road yeah 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 like, uh-huh. at one point okay keep going keep going because you're gonna get to <laughs> jennifer henwick and there's a hilarious moment where this is also true of jennifer henwick's character yeah um <laughs> but yeah so it's i mean it's just like amazing the different outfits that he wears it's also a little bit confusing because obviously when we were talking about the first movie um and it lessens a little bit more in the second and third but like the green tint, the soullessness, the grayish yeah. aura is not here um, in this version of the Matrix. If anything, the I mean, IO is just as vibrant now, but like the Matrix is incredibly vibrant. Um, sure, it's like it's sad and like people are obsessed with their phones, whatever is supposed to be the real world. But um, but it's also I will say this: it's blue now. It's colored blue a lot uh-huh. more than green yes they yeah. seem to they reference a lot more of the idea of the blue pill being mm-hmm. the choice to stay there yeah um, even yeah. though it's not a choice but like uh-huh. they play a lot more with like it, there are there you see blue a lot more represented in the matrix but also the matrix yeah, yeah the matrix is we think about that matrix as it is technically the matrix that they supposedly designed with that they were supposed to design in honor of Neo or like Mm -hmm. in partnership with the humans. Uh So it makes sense that it would be different, better, brighter, but like also how it just sort of, it just sort of became the same thing all over again. It's also like, it's also like very clearly making fun of San Francisco and Silicon Valley and tech (laughs) bros. Like Jonathan Jonathan Groff is, is costumed like, the CMO of a tech company. Oh, for throughout sure. the entire film. Oh like, my god, that one time when he was wearing like the sneakers with like the slacks and the sweater uh-huh, and the uh-huh. uh, like jacket, I'm like, that is what you wear as a chief marketing officer. Like, 
Yes. No one else in the company wears them. Maybe the no. CEO, he's like, cool, but marketing. Yeah, yeah. that's a marketing guy. He's <laughs> the marketing guy for yeah. a tech company. Like that's yeah. the costuming is spot on. Yes, yeah. Because and we both know that guy. <laughs> oh yes, we're very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to the blue actually. It's, um. so I didn't realize until about like, 30 minutes in but bugs in the in io outside of the matrix she doesn't have blue hair and yeah. when she's in the matrix um she does have blue hair and she also is just just very like honestly like the most beautiful lesbian like just incredible <laughs> i'm just like i want to wear everything it's just beautiful um it reminds me of like that TikTok sound where it's like, I don't dress cool, so boys will like me. It's like, so a 13 year old girl will be like, fuck, she looks cool. It's like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. She looks so cool. Yeah. But when you, when you, when she like goes back and says, the first time I saw Neo, when he was like stepping off the side of the building, when he was flipping back and forth from a bald man and like Neo, she also, I mean, she's wearing a hat, but she still has uh, like black hair. She looks a lot more similar to how she looks in IO. And yeah. so that was really interesting to me because the way that you project yourself in the matrix is how you want to be perceived. And I think it's the closest that we'll ever get to how in the original dress of the original matrix, um, Switch was supposed to be um, male in one version and female in another version. Yeah, and so I think and that, that was like the closest that they could have hearkened back to it. In yeah. And I have a thought on that too. Like mm -hmm. I thought about it a lot and it was like, I, at, I was a little bit surprised going through it that they weren't explicitly that they weren't that, that I keep saying they that she wasn't more explicit about like trans characters or mm -hmm. or there wasn't a joke about pronouns or like there wasn't yeah. anything like that that there and and I and I I think it's I what I've landed on is that queer people don't owe you anything yeah we don't owe you explanations oh, like we don't oh. owe you like we, d we don't have to be ostentatious. We don't have to constantly be announcing our queerness to you mm -hmm, just to be mm -hmm. just to be valuable or just to have a right to be existing here in society. Mm -hmm. And I think by making the choice to just code those characters or give mm -hmm. us little moments like Bugs and I forget the other- Lexi. Lexi, yeah. Bugs and uh -huh. Lexi like are clearly a couple yeah. and they even make that apparent in one of the ships- one of the scenes on the Nemesine, the mm. the the one where the the guy they're they're walking into they're about to meet the 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 Frenchman. Fuck, how do you pronounce? Oh, that? Merovingian. The Merovin the Merovingi yeah. or Merovingi yeah. or Merovingi, whatever. Um, yeah. I took French in high school, and it's been that many years ago <laughs> since I've spoken it. Um, so when they're walking into that, and 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 Lexi asks him what do you think about him? And his answer is, I, at first I thought it was really old, but the hair, the beard, it's really doing it for me. Yeah. And it's like, and she was like, I meant like, as the one, you idiot. <laughs> I did love that so much. And she like, was just like, I don't know. You yeah, asked and, and he's like, he's like, I, I want to bone him. Yeah, of course I yeah. want to bone that uh -huh. guy. Uh -huh. And I do think like, that's what they're going for. It's like, mm -hmm. she no longer, she's, she no longer needs to like, prove to you that it's okay for her to be a woman like mm -hmm. she is a woman yeah and the people yeah. in this film are queer and leftist and all of these things and they don't need to loudly nope. pronounce it to you that they are those things they just are yeah like, they can exist in the same like whatever existence that straight people like <laughs> yeah. heterosexual just like exist and you're like yeah this is what they are they yeah, don't have to explain this is themselves. who they yeah. are they don't need to explain themselves mm -hmm. and i actually thought that was a great choice because i think it probably there was probably a big 
desire on some level, I would imagine, to be really explicit because there's so much explicit in this. Mm-hmm. And I think, oh, ham fisted, yes, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, like, yeah. but also, like, I'm I'm fine because, like, with that ham fist is punching Nazis in the face. Like, <laughs> yeah, it it's is. like, fuck you, Nazis. This isn't for you. It never was. Get out of my fucking house. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, uh-huh. like, yes, yeah, and yeah. and I think like so to when you are going to be that explicit, I think it's really a cool decision to just have your queer characters just exist mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. be loudly announcing how queer they are all the time. Yeah. And that is not. I mean, <laughs> I, I hate that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I'm constantly just like, that's why I, I get so disappointed by like queer rom-coms because they're oh always God. so like you, we both know we're talking about happiest season. Oh my God. Like, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like I, I don't want like you like, set up exposition. I it's possible exposition. to be like mm-hmm. queer and fall in love and like not be ostracized for it and not be miserable all the time mm-hmm. and have it not mm-hmm. be about coming out of the closet. Yeah. And yeah. like, and here's like a, a queer filmmaker who's like, yeah, being queer is just being alive and human. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. these people mm-hmm. are alive and human and they have to fight yeah. because society is against them, mm-hmm. but against us, I'm, fucking queer as fuck it's against us like I feel that way all the time but also Mm -hmm. I also don't feel like I owe anyone Mm -mm. anything and I thought that was a really great way to approach queerness so we're talking a lot about Jennifer Henwick uh about bugs how did you feel about bugs this is the the clear anchor I I mean I would argue that this film has no direct I mean it's about Neo but the protagonist is kind of bugs oh it is it is yeah yeah <laughs> i mean like as far as narrative as far as like narrative theory is concerned bugs <laughs> would be the protagonist i think uh-huh. yeah neo is the mission trinity is the MacGuffin. bugs <laughs> is the protagonist yeah. uh yeah so how did you I, feel about bugs yeah i thought it was really interesting how you said that if this continues and most likely keanu reeves and carrie and moss would not continue then it would be on bugs and everything and, and everyone else there and that makes sense because it's set up that way where yeah. she's very clearly the protagonist who comes face to face with her idol and then she like learns from him and going forward it's going to be about like the quote-unquote new generation as they continue to exist um i loved her i also tried not to watch any like trailers or anything other than the main one and so i was fully unexpecting jessica henwick being the main character like when she comes up in the trailer I just thought she was going to be like that girl in the club scene in the first Matrix that has the uh, bunny tattoo and then just goes. I didn't well, know that because she, she has large part. the blue hair, I was like, mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be a villain. Yeah. I mean, Neil Patrick Harris has blue glasses and he's the villain. Like, how does that, that extent of the hair? So I yeah, totally I, Well, I, I think it's, they're, again, it's, they're just subverting things. I mean, also mm-hmm. when you meet her, she's like, she immediately, like, when she gets the pill, the, when she gives Morpheus the pill in that first scene, I loved mm-hmm. that, where she's like, I'm not going to distill my entire life into, like, some sort of, I know, like, into yeah. some, like, like uh-huh. choice, and then the woman who gave it to me laughed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I was missing the point. The point is, yeah. the choice is an illusion, yes, which yeah. goes all the way back to, you're either anti-fascist or you're part of the problem. Right, right, <laughs> like, yeah. So, no, but I, but I loved her so much. She was so... um yeah, I mean, I, she's obviously much more idealistic than Neo is, but she's just as badass, if not more, than Trinity. And it, she's like the perfect 
combination of the two, but also she's not, she's definitely not a retread at all. No, not at all. Incredible. And just very fresh. And in scenes where she could potentially be annoying, where she's like constantly being like, no, Naomi, like, let me do what I do. Like she doesn't play it that way. And then, yeah, it was great. She had a very deft hand. I Mm -hmm. think that also like points out like some things I really loved about just kind of like when you say she's, she has elements of Neo and Trinity, but she's not a retread. Mm-hmm. Morpheus, his Morpheus and Agent Smith, not a retread. Mm-mm. Like, this is a film that obviously deeply referential to mm-hmm. the films mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. before it for obvious reasons, but none of it feels like a reboot or a mm-hmm. rehashing or anything. Like, it feels new. It feels mm-hmm. fresh. It has new... It has new ideas. It has new technology. It has new characters. It has new feelings. It has, it it, it has this really beautiful thing where like you take these new characters and you have them, you introduce them to this world that we already know that is established. And yeah, they're going to disagree with sometimes with the people who built this world, the same way that Mm -hmm. like queer youth sometimes disagree with queer elders, Mm -hmm. but like, Mm -hmm. there's no like, but like ultimately the message is, don't tear it all down around yourself because you don't have the same experiences or opinions as an older generation Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. who has the same ultimate goals as you. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a really beautiful message in that too, to just sort of like queer structure, leftist structure, when you're in those circles a lot, which I have been for most of my life, like Mm -hmm. there's a, you know, there's a lot of infighting that it can get very political. It can get kind of you, they, you, I've seen it kind of tear itself down and because there's so much disagreement about how to do it versus mm. the point of why oh, you're yes. doing it. Yeah. And yeah. I thought what was really cool is that like, even when they show her at odds with Niobe, mm-hmm. there's never a, mo- they come back to that moment where she volunteers for the mission yeah. <laughs> and she just steps forward before Niobe even starts. I was like, that's such a badass moment yep. where she's yep. like, yeah. even though we're fighting, Mm-hmm. Even though we, the cap, they show the captains disagreeing with Naomi, even though they're disagreeing with her, they're still in it. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. all still like, we can talk about how we disagree about the nuance of how we're approaching these problems later, yeah. but the uh-huh. problem persists yep. and we have to solve it because the problem is annihilation mm-hmm. and there is no, there's no wrong way. I mean, there, there's not, there's not really a wrong way to sort of fight back against annihilation. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, I thought that was really, I thought that was really cool. And I agree with you that she plays it really well. Like mm-hmm. that's a really complicated thing to land. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately that, that lets us talk about performance. I think the acting in this movie is great. It is. I think it's, maybe Keanu's best acting in a while. (laughs) Like he's very good in this. He gets to do so much more than he there's it's, he is because we've seen him so much in Uh John wick and, and, you know, and he's, he hasn't, he's still doing a lot of movies, but he slowed down a little, like Mm -hmm. this is the first time we've seen him in a while in something this big, where he's on screen this much, where he has this much to do, where Mm -hmm. he's not just playing the same note. Yeah, yeah. I was. It was such a gift. I was like, oh, oh, thank God. Oh, Keanu's back. I know. Yeah, and it's like (laughs) honestly, when you compare him against John Wick, like I love John Wick so much, but like that is a sad man. That is a bitter (laughs) man. (laughs) 
Neo isn't. Like, yes, he was. And then until he found Trinity, he was just confused and like scattered around and everything like that. But the way that Keanu plays Neo this time around is um, it's like he's like constantly in awe and he's constantly taking cues from everyone else. He's the opposite of like an alpha male in this. And it's awesome. He, he's literally like it's 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 on par with Max and Fury Road. Mm-hmm. where very early on in the film, you realize the titular character, I mean, obviously Neo is not the titular character, uh-huh. but the, the character that you think is the main character yeah, yeah, is yeah. actually there to support yes. the yep. person who's the main character. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm, he's there to support mm-hmm. all of these people. And that's what I talked about. I, I tweeted that about how his he has developed a new power in this. It's kind of a, we'll call it, it's a force push. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He can push <laughs> things with the force. He can create, he's like invisible. He's like the invisible woman in the Fantastic Four. He's kind of oh, got yes. like a, a yeah, force yeah. field thing-ish mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. on. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and it's clear that like he can't really fight the way he used to. Mm-mm. So you've added vulnerability to him, which is like such a cool thing to do with like mm-hmm. a Superman character. Yeah. Um, is Which is to my give favorite him, part of all Superman characters. Yeah, and it's to give him so much vulnerability and to give him um, so much to do with it too. So much about the film is about is about how vulnerable he is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought that was really cool. And it was like really awesome to see like a film that seems to be pretty honest about like what it means to struggle with mental health and also what mm-hmm. it means to yeah. still live a fruitful life while struggling yeah. with mental health. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And And it was like, his power, his new power, it's essentially harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. I mean, at its core, I mean, like, obviously it's harm reduction in the scope of, like, he has to ride on a motorcycle through fireballs. Yeah, yeah. And that's the harm. But, like, effectively, it is, he is coming together with a community of like-minded people who mm-hmm. need his help. Mm-hmm. And he has mm-hmm. evolved the power to reduce the amount of harm yes, that they yeah. experience as a community. Yeah. He is the literal embodiment of harm reduction as a concept. Yes, yeah. That fucking rules. Yeah, and it's in direct <laughs> like, opposition to like the bots that are turned it, humans into bombs, like where yeah. they don't care, the suits don't care, the architect doesn't care that they're turning regular people who obviously are batteries to them, but like into. Into weapons. Yeah. And, well, and I think that's, that's the opposite. With, that's such know. a great commentary on just mm-hmm. like how, you know, they go, there's that big, you know, monologue where, you know, the, the analyst, Neil Patrick Harris's character, the analyst, who's the, the actual villain talks mm-hmm. a lot about um, how we don't care about facts. We care about feelings. We, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we don't listen to, reality like and any and and, and and like and that's where the film is most overt in its it's it's like the virus speech it's like smith's virus speech from the first yeah. matrix where yeah. it's it's yeah. it's most overt in its cynicism but also in its it it's it's it, it's the film at its most cynical and it's also the film when it at its most overt which is saying capitalism is killing you all the only way to stop dying is to break this chain. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the film is most overt about it. But um, it really does, the bot thing, really, it's, it's. we talked about it earlier about how like it represents like how to be a queer person in public is to always be a little bit unsafe. Mm-hmm. Um, how to be a woman, I think, I, I can't speak to that personally, but I 
like, I know that that's a big part of your experience as a woman mm-hmm. moving through space. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you're constantly aware of physical safety. And, yes. and, yeah. and, and I mean, it, and, and, and Jasmine, please, you say that <laughs> you're like, I'm, <laughs> I'm a guy saying that, but like, would you say that that is fair? Yeah. Like, that that, like, like, whether it's physical safety or just physical surroundings or which is mo- most applicable to me, like every single day of my work, like career, it's like how I am perceived and how I present myself to other people and regardless of whether it's um danger in the way that like it's an svu episode or danger in the way that it's just uh your career could get you know shot down because you have like two sharp elbows or whatever um yeah yeah and that's obviously the just the work side of me and then it's like just me as like a human being being an Asian American, being queer, being not um, traditionally, like I'm in my thirties and I don't plan on being married or have kids and navigating the world in that aspect is also like, it's tricky. Like you constantly have to be explaining yourself, but you also have to be like aloof because I don't care what the world has to say. And that's my armor. Like that's what it is. And Mm -hmm. that's what the bots represent. They, they, on some level, they represent the idea that like anyone that's not sort of chosen family represents mm-hmm. potential danger. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's very clearly more analogous, especially in the end mm-hmm. to white terrorism, to mm-hmm. white mm-hmm. supremacy, mm-hmm. to like, that is to me, Lana having a very clear reaction to Charlottesville, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the George Floyd protests, yeah. to, you know, I like to seeing things like that, because like, I mean, there's a scene at, at a certain point, they, the bots stop attacking them because they herd them into what the film calls a kill zone. So yeah. the, the helicopters, the cops essentially can mm-hmm. try to murder them. And mm-hmm. the shot you see of that, it's, it's like it's like straight out of a zombie film. Yes. And you see all of them green-eyed, taken over, mm-hmm. staring down the alley. And it's all white. It's all young white men. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's it, it look they might as well be holding those like backyard tiki torches yes you know 100%. like i mean like that's yeah. that it is so clear and i found that sequence of the film the most difficult to watch mm-hmm. and the first time through i was a little bit like i don't know about this this is maybe gauche and then this the more i thought about it and the more i watched it because let's again let's remind everyone three times <laughs> in 24 fucking hours yeah yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is really powerful. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they literally turned these people into bombs, they weaponized them, mm-hmm. um, is a real, I think, overt commentary on how easily the internet has, how, how now the internet has become such a fertile ground for the weaponization of young men. Mm-hmm. And and, mm-hmm. and it's it's very telling that like, the first time we see he's turned the bots into bombs, mm-hmm. a... 30 something white male Mm -hmm. stands up out of his bed where he is there next to a woman. The Uh woman has no idea what's going on. Yeah. And he goes and jumps himself out of the building and becomes a bomb. Like that is so obvious. What is, what are men doing on the internet? What are they hiding? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. how are they being radicalized by the culture of anonymity by social media, by those things. And that the bots as bombs thing is very clearly yeah. just about that. Uh-huh. And when I, 
occurred to me that that's what really that was trying to say. I found that part of the the film no less challenging, but also very moving. Um, mm, yeah. Because I think that, you know, she's always been a big death of the author kind of person. I think mm-hmm. famously when they made Cloud Atlas, um, she and and Lily and Tom Zweiker, the other, the third director who worked on it with them, um, you know, they said, like, basically, like, we create the thing the way we want it to be. We make mm-hmm, the art mm-hmm. the way that we perceive it should be made. And then it's yours. Like, mm-hmm. you interpret it. You see what you need to see with it. You get from it what you need to get. You graft onto it what you graft mm-hmm. onto it. Mm-hmm. And that's yours. That yeah. is yours. They're big proponents of death of the author in that way. Yeah. And, and death of the author, you know, to simplify, obviously, meaning that, like, once the piece is finished, it no longer belongs to the creator, it belongs to the audience. And so like all the biases and whatever of the author can't impact how you're reading or understanding the work of art. I mean, like it certainly, Mm -hmm. they inform the work of art, but Mm -hmm. if you find things in it that were not, it's it's like my intent matters less than your interpretation Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. at at the core, how I understand that to kind of as a concept to work mm-hmm, and if mm-hmm. there's anyone listening is like you fundamentally got that wrong bud just just tell me and i'll correct yeah. myself um oh, no but- no you're right because i love <laughs> i i'm 50 50 on death of the author i do appreciate it and there are times when i still think we have to take the author's intent into consideration oh, 100%. just to understand it <laughs> yeah. but i feel like as the best example it's death of the author is how we wish as harry potter fans to read harry potter right we are separating J.K. Rowling's nastiness, turfiness from the book. But still, we realize that there's a lot of issues with it. Yeah. But it's that's an example of Death of the Author. Yeah, that's that's probably the best modern example of like mm-hmm. Death of the Author. I mean, yeah. but, and, and, you know, I, the Wachowskis are big fans of that. But I think it's important that, you know, they were going to, there's a scene at the very beginning of the film where, Neo and Jonathan Groff, uh, Neo and Smith are talking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and they straight up across the bow, like our parent company, Warner Brothers, has decided to make yeah. a sequel to the trilogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if we're not on board, they're going to cancel our contract and do it without us. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Neo's response is, they can't. And he's like, oh, I assure you, they can and they will. Mm-hmm. And to me, that is just, that's like, that's like a scripted version of the conversation Lana and Lily must have had. Yes. Oh no. 100%. When they were approached, because Lily was like, I don't want to go back to this. We said it. We did yeah. the thing. Mm-hmm. And Lana was, I, you know, I think the impression that that we kind of have as an audience, as fans, is that Lana was like, they're gonna make it without us and they're mm-hmm. gonna fuck it up. Yeah. So yeah. I have mm-hmm. to go do it. And yeah. I have an idea for it. And and of course, you know, we know that over the course of time, you know, they lost their parents. Um, both very tragically. And I think a lot of that begins to inform sort of loss and, and, and the idea of like the resurrection and Trinity and all of those things like that, that bleeds into this too. So intent is obviously a big part of it. Um, but like what you take away from it is as important, if not more so, and that's how they've always felt. But I do think it's telling 
that when presented with the option to come back to this story that so many people really got wrong, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, really misunderstood the point of, Lana was like, yeah, no, I'm going to come back. And what I'm going to do is make a movie about the movie Mm -hmm, that tells mm -hmm. everyone they were wrong yes, or they were right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a pretty profound statement as an artist who tends to believe, I think, pretty strongly in death of the author to come back and be like, okay, but in this case, y'all were fucking wrong, uh, neckbeards. It's not for you. Leave it alone. Yeah, I mean, there's a Elon Musk, not for the Ivanka Trumps. Yeah, it's, it's not. For it's not for any of you. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. and there's a moment where, and I think that's what's so great about them interrogating the red pill, blue pill, and having that that line where it's like, it's not actually a choice at all. Yeah, uh-huh. it's not a choice. I can't just not be queer. I can't not mm-hmm. be trans. I can't mm-hmm. not be anti-fascist. I can't mm-hmm. not be anti. It's like it's not a choice at all. There are either there's either aligning yourself on the side of love and empathy, or there's mm-hmm. aligning yourself on the side of hate. Yep. And that's not a choice. Mm-mm. Like there's no moral high, there's no like moral uncertainty. There's no both sides ink. Mm-hmm. Like the blue <laughs> yeah. pill is a fucking illusion. Yeah. Like, yeah. and, and that's all we, and it always was, but I love that they came back and were like, Hey dummies. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Those of you who've never had a critical theory class. Um <laughs> So, I, but there's also a moment in the coffee shop where Jude, our our much, you know, um, hated Jude, mm-hmm. um, is, you know, he's in that moment where he's talking about um, Trinity, and he has that horrible milf comment, Ugh, and then he's yeah. like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, like I don't like this is, oh, you hate that? I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Neo just says. Maybe you should leave. I know. It was great. Also, his face, he was just like, you disgust me. And yeah. Jasmine, that is straight up Lana Wachowski <laughs> putting a character in the movie in the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Where all of the people who are big mad right now because yeah. The Matrix is about queers. Right. Um, <laughs> is... Like there's a character that is a direct reflection of them that looks and acts and sounds exactly like they look and act and sound when they are with their friends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He does something gross. Mm -hmm. And then their hero, Neo, Mm -hmm. literally looks at them and says, maybe you should leave. Yeah, Mm -hmm. That is literally Lana saying, if you feel the way that Jude feels right now, get the fuck out of the theater. Yep. Yep, 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 yeah. You are not Neo. You are not welcome. You're not you're not the hero of this story. (laughs) Neo's not even the hero of this story, which leads us ultimately to the conclusion, which Mm -hmm. is Trinity is the fucking hero. Oh my gosh, just amazing. Just amazing. That reveal and also just the inherent transness of they're both the one together. Like they are existing as a, it's like, it's, there's such a, like, there's like, you could read sort of the Native American tradition of two spirit, like through that interpretation, like, Mm -hmm. it's just so cool. Like, oh, it's actually, it's not just Neo. It's been Neo's love for Trinity and how the two of them support each other. It's been both of them all along. Like, we think about Trinity as dying before Neo and then Neo goes and makes his big bargain. But like, 
Neo then also dies mm-hmm. shortly after that. And so like Neo and Trinity really die together. Yeah. Like, so even, even in that, the film is like, it's about both of them. It's both of them. It's not just him. It was never just him. Mm-hmm. And the Matrix, the three Matrix films say that if you're watching, if you're actually <laughs> paying attention, if you're not just looking for guns. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it says that. And then this one came back and explicitly said, yo, it's, it's, it's about her. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm a lady. My sister's a lady. We're ladies. Uh, it's about ladies who are in love with each other. Neo's essentially a lady too. Um, and lady love is going to save the world. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> so just like did, enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. So how did you feel as a Matrix fan, as a queer woman, like, seeing that so explicitly stated and like seeing this whole, I mean, the whole film is structured around freeing Trinity so that Mm -hmm. Trinity can just Superman all over everybody. Yeah. Was that satisfying to you? It was, it was. (laughs) And like I said, so unexpected from what the trailers have shown me. And so I, I already am sad because I know that if, it doesn't exist already. The internet is going to, there's a certain part of the internet is going to be teeming with rage and really trying to scream over one another to be like, this is a stupid movie that's trying to be too woke. And I'm like, fine, it wasn't for you anyway. Um, it's so yeah. weird to me too. It's like, it was never for you. No. It no. had the most diverse cast in like the history of action films in yes. 1999. Right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, where did you think it was going to go from there? Um, they were hiring Broadway actors to be in the sequels in the two, in the double odds. Like yeah. it was never for you. It's yeah. gay as fuck. Oh my God. It's just every, every scene, every moment. It's, it's amazing. camp for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah. Man. They have a guy named Chad. Like, there's Trinity, a guy named Chad who's Trinity. played by oh a person whose name is Chad in real life. <laughs> that dude, that actor's name is Chad. Yes. Yeah. That, like yeah. I, it's <laughs> camp. It's complete camp. At what when at one point, Bugs, who is like Bugs like Bunny, yeah, <laughs> literally says, What's up, Doc? Yeah. Yeah. Like to yeah. a character in the film. <laughs> and I and I, I hearken back to this. I and when people are like, oh, it wasn't like this before, I'm like, y'all. In the second Matrix, there's a huge scene in a courtyard where Neo, mm-hmm. or a schoolyard where Neo is fighting in like, in like a, it's like a playground. Neo is fighting yeah. a bunch of Smiths who've been assimilated. He's assimilated a bunch of people mm-hmm. and he's fighting Neo. And it's like the first big viral Smith like sequence we get. And Neo is like Supermaning and it's a yeah. cool scene. Uh-huh. It's a huge, huge fight scene. It's bloated as hell. It takes way too long. It's a Wachowski <laughs> movie. Yeah, um, yes, yes. And at one point, he knocks one Smith into a bunch of Smiths, and the sound effect is a bowling ball knocking down bowling pins. <laughs> it has always been this. It may be, maybe the first one was as the first one is the least this mm-hmm. because it's the one that had the most studio control. Mm-hmm. because they were new filmmakers oh, yes. making a, yeah. a i mean like no one thought the matrix was going to work it was extremely expensive they were like basically making live action anime like it, it and and like i also like i i just love that like people were like oh it's, this is not the matrix i'm like y'all it's always been goofy uh-huh. like their films are campy like it's yeah. part of their it's it's an essential part of them as queer filmmakers they clearly love camp like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they love it 
And like, I, that's, I, they invented, like, it's like they invented a whole new genre with this meta camp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I love that. I know. I love that. I love it. Meta camp. That's yeah. what the Matrix Resurrections <laughs> is ultimately is meta camp. And yeah. then did you, one last thing I want to point out. Yes. Yes. Do you have any other things you want to point out before um, this up. I, the only thing I want to um, talk about again is yes, Keanu is wearing Neo is wearing Keanu clothes. It is yes. Keanu's outfit. The closest that we get to Neo wearing Neo slash Andronis clothes is yeah. at the very end when him and Trinity go to. Uh, oh yes, yeah, Neo they're dressed the same. <laughs> and it's because they're just the same. It's because yeah. he's just like her. He's just and like that's her. The most Neo he's been. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around whether I am okay with Neo having long hair in this because I understand that's supposed to be a plot point as well because it's yeah. like the way that he presents. Um, mostly, and the reason why- I think it's I mostly like that he was also filming John Wick. Oh, it is, it is. But like <laughs> when they did the flashback or they showed the scene of Neo taking the pill in the first movie with like the ruffled short hair, I'm just like, oh my God. See, that's Neo. Like, yeah. (laughs) You know what's unfair, too, is, Mm -hmm. you know, his hair, I think everyone would would agree that, like, Keanu's hair is one of the, he has, like, the greatest head of hair of all time. Amazing. He looks incredible. Like, his Mm -hmm. hair is amazing. He looks so good bald. Yes. It's so unfair. It's like, I know. Fuck you. You ought to look, if you have that much beautiful hair, you shouldn't be allowed to look good bald. I know, right? It's <laughs> like, you, like, why don't you have a weird looking skull? Like, I don't I understand. Like, how, do you, <laughs> how do you look just as good bald? Like, you either get to look good bald or look good with hair. You don't get to have both. No, like, uh-uh. that's not fair. But this is Keanu and he wins at everything. So. He does. He does win at everything. <laughs> so, one thing I will say as we come to the close of this show. Yes. Uh, one thing that I loved. Um, did you stick around to the end of the credits? Uh, so HBO kicked me out, but I read that there was that, uh, uh, little, uh, extra credit scene. There's a little there. extra credit mm-hmm. scene. It's mm-hmm. at the very end. It's a throwaway. It's not funny. It's mm-hmm. just dumb. <laughs> and here's the thing. I think it is a satire of Marvel. Oh, I truly think it, it does not serve any purpose. It doesn't set anything else up. It's just a dumb little joke they threw in at the end. And I think it is there literally as like a, I, I, the way I choose to read it, my head mm-hmm. canon mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. Lana and team put it in there because everyone's like, Oh, finally Marvel, Marvel studios, Disney, you know, with Iron Man in 2010 or nine, 2009 yeah. or 10 mm-hmm. or whenever it was, they finally figured out, um how to make superhero movies and like the wachowskis are like <laughs> we figured out how to make superhero movies in 1999 yep yeah and you're mm-hmm. all just doing the shit we did <laughs> all of you and yeah. the, and they're mm-hmm. like the only difference is we didn't have superman or batman we had to make up our own characters but like yeah Mm-hmm. y'all didn't invent good superhero movies we <laughs> fucking did oh for sure for and there's sure. like a post-credit sequence at the end that means nothing and i'm like <laughs> this is a joke just like everything else in this movie it's intentional and like mm-hmm. all i can think is it's like a fucking fuck you to disney <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love that so much what i, love I mean, like that. yeah even like like it's a warner brothers movie that has a character named bugs <laughs> Know, who's named after Bugs Bunny? Yeah. Like, 
It's so great. God, how is anyone taking this seriously? I know. I know. Oh, yeah. Heterosexual people are incapable of understanding camp. I will it's just go to my grave believing head. this. Yeah. It's only because it's like one of those things where every, every time they try to understand it, they completely fuck it up because they're like, oh, it's like this. It's like that. And it's like, just, no, it's it, neither just, like that or this. Yeah. I mean, no, no offense to my hits who I, <laughs> I got some out there. I love y'all. Nothing but love, but y'all take everything so fucking seriously. Yeah, so fucking literally. Like, I don't even know. It's camp. <laughs> it's not supposed to be taken seriously. Fucking yeah. hell. Have mm-hmm. fun for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. Well, yeah. Anyway, I had a lot of fun watching so the Matrix good. Resurrections. Yeah, I need to watch it one more time so I'm on your level. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta. I, honestly, it'll. I'll probably be at six or seven by the end of the week. <laughs> I feel like this is your green night. <laughs> I am obsessed. I haven't felt this way about a movie since Fury Road. Yeah. Like, oh my god. I just oh feel gosh. the need to consume it, consume mm-hmm. every inch of it over and over and over again yeah. until I mm-hmm. have committed it to memory. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll probably watch it again tonight. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. This will be your soothing white noise machine. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Well, Jasmine, thanks for doing this in the middle of the, um, what I'm sure is a busy holiday season for everyone. Um, Thank you, HBO, for this or actually, whatever. Thank you, Lana Wachowski. Yes, yes. Thank you, Lana. <laughs> for this gleaming beacon of hope in an otherwise mm-hmm. very dark year. Um, yeah. We are very happy this exists. Oh my God, um, seriously. I, I can't imagine that John Wick 4 will be nearly as much fun. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be loud. Is, is John Wick 4 going to be about John Wick 1? Because otherwise I'm not here for it. At this point. <laughs> um, no, Jasmine, thank you so much, as always, for jumping on, talking yeah, about this. Of course. Thanks, everyone, uh, for listening. This has been Jasmine Lee. Mm-hmm. I am G. Brett Williams. You can find the show on all the socials at the, uh, is it the underscore Keanu Source? Uh, it's the underscore Keanu Source for Twitter, I think it's, I but think it's that's one that... word for Instagram. Uh, okay, there mm-hmm. you go. Yes. Jasmine knows. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh on Twitter, we're happy to talk about this or anything else Keanu related. Yeah. Send us all the Keanu memes, all the Keanu merch, <laughs> uh, and look for merch from us in the new yes. year. There mm-hmm. will be some coming. So mm-hmm. thanks everyone for listening and enjoy the Matrix Resurrections. And if you don't, honestly, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, yeah.